Today's episode of Birds All Day is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. Going on, greetings and a good day, and welcome back to Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice. It is getting weird and wild out there. We are back here talking about, um, well, I honestly don't even know. No, we're talking about uh, about plans, about the Arizona plan, about the state of the affairs here in uh, early April. They should be playing, but they're not. We'll talk about that, and. We're going to talk. I have a few other ideas we're going to talk about, but it's we're at the we're at a very ludicrous point right now. Quite frankly, there's ideas that aren't real, ideas that aren't feasible, are being bandied about, and we're all latching onto them uh, like grim death because all we want to do is have a thing to talk about and be baseball again. I don't know, but so what we're going to do is we're going to throw cold water on as many of those good ideas as we can. We're gonna we're gonna laugh at them. Because of the, unfortunately, as much as we'd all love to see baseball, I think these ideas might be laughable. And the person who, uh, I don't know, laughs on this podcast, that's the worst segue I've ever made. Uh, whatever, old reliable. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I mean, I was good until you started insulting me. Insulting you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm insulting you. No, I am listeners. the person who laughs on. on this podcast. So, no, so you're, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. We all laugh. We have a good time. That's what this is all about. This is all about good timey reflections. Uh, although I, that is something I do want to talk about. And the thing that I do want to talk about, all these different things, there's no person that I would rather talk about this with, other than Stoughton, of course, who the person who laughs. I, I, I ran out of gas there, frankly. Uh, but Andrew, uh, Mr. Andrew Zuber, the Zoobs, how are you? Oh, I'm feeling great, fellas. Staying busy. Um, I like my, <laughs> I'm embracing my role as what is known in wrestling as the cool down match of birds all day. So you, you do Atkins, <laughs> Zoobs follows. You I, do I thought about Zoobs follows. You do Givens, <laughs> Zoobs follows. The crowd goes crazy and then, you know, you got to get your popcorn. You got to relax. Here I am every single time you guys have a good guest. I'm going to know <laughs> the next time you guys have a really good guest, I'm just going to assume I'm booked the next week. It's very flattering. <laughs> I was, I, I thought about this myself. I'm like, wait a second. Does this happen every time? It's happened every time. It's, it's, I think it's more about, uh, it's all about leveling. We got to level ourselves with our people. You know, we, we talked to John Gibbons and he's lovely, but it's like, you know, we got to keep it real <laughs> with the Zoobs. Of course, you know the Zoobs. He is the uh, one of the co-hosts of Sports All Day. You've seen his work Sports many places. What did I say? Sport, no, Sports All Day. No, <laughs> Zoobs. What the don't, hell? Don't lie to the people. You host Sports All Day. <laughs> Sportsfeld. Which, as I understand it, Sportsfeld is coming back weekly. Is that correct? Sportsfeld. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we awesome. did a look back. Uh, we've been doing a look back series on, for Patreon subscribers. Uh, we watched mm -hmm. the, it was 4-1 game and we watched the 2016 wildcard game. Uh, and we sort of used those as filler for the last four weeks as we tried to figure out what we're doing. But we're coming back uh, next Wednesday. We'll have uh, shows just like this where we sort of spend an hour trying to figure out what to talk about and then talk about that. Well, where it's not, uh, if I may say, it's not like a, the equivalent to Eclipse show. No, yeah, no. It it is. I do go back and I do find tweets from the from those days, and that that's always fun. But uh, it's been a little bit of filler as we figure out, as everybody figures out what they're going to put on. Uh, but we are we're we're back. We had to cancel our live show, but other than that, we're back. Hmm. A shame, obviously, uh, as there are many shames of cancellations and, and lost opportunities. <laughs> I may, may I actually say I hmm. was sneakily in my head because the live show. It was going to be the day before yes. the bir the canceled Birds All Day mm -hmm. show on opening day. I was going to just show up at the show. 
we, we we were looking forward to having you and all kinds of people, but uh, that's that's for another day. I mean, listen, I I canceled more important events than that in the last two weeks, so no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, okay, fair. Had that a wedding fair. postponed. Had a, had a had a, uh, a honeymoon canceled. So I've been staying busy in canceling uh, life altering events in the last couple of weeks. Well, let me tell you, if, at least that's a nice breezy kind of pain free. <laughs> You oh, know, yeah. the oh. kind of th- the kind of work that you like to do when you're at home <laughs> to think about all the work, all the time you you have to spend thinking about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, can- canceling me that's real easy, but but yeah, that <laughs> that seems much worse. Let's talk for real before we get to this thing that's being referred to as the Arizona plan, and and there are might there may, may well be plans like it. Let's talk about what we have, what we are going to talk about and what we've been talking about. And, and I wonder about the limits of the Remember Some Guys economy. Mm. So you, uh, Mr. Zuber, this evening, so right now Sportsnet has been airing classic uh, big-time Blue Jays games. They've gone through the playoff, you know, the World Series runs and the recent, not, not all the way through, but airing, you know, the recent big big time games games everyone remembers then going back and doing some world series games talking about al lighter starts and jimmy key starts and all kinds of stuff like that but is there a limit to that like other than the fact that a there's an exhaustible amount of games you zuber had had a great idea which was to just pick like random games from like 2008 or 2011 i think was one of the ones 10 that you came up with yeah i picked 10 i picked i picked the the travis snyder debut year and i picked uh, jose hitting 54 those are my two picks you could do wrong by pulling one out of the hat there those teams those teams are like the reason i have twitter that's that's another another big reason is like <laughs> talking about the 2010 jays was the whole reason i ever came online in the first place but i like so it's i i can go both ways because it's it is there's only so much guy remembering that we can all mm-hmm. do but at the same time and and speak, I just, speak for yourself speak for yourself <laughs> but okay yeah. well here so i think that the, one thing <laughs> it's important to do is, is differentiate and this is something we've talked about before it's like doing more like a more deeper dives which takes a little bit more uh time and effort that uh that i don't have right now frankly but uh, that that could be uh there could be a lot there's a lot of uh there's a rich mine, a rich vein to mine. There could be lots of cool stuff to come out of this, which I think we're seeing with some of the World Series games. Because right now, nobody's happier than like a 55-year-old former baseball player whose phone is just lighting up like never before. <laughs> yeah, this Todd Stottlemyre is, is getting his tweets in. Hey, Todd Stottlemyre has Twitter. Turns out, cool. Isn't he like an investment bro? Isn't that his whole thing? <laughs> Probably. Haven't, haven't been following Todd Stottlemyre previous to this, but would not be surprised. All the pieces fit. This but is I'm, true. There are uh, actually, actually, it, John Lott wrote a wonderful Todd Stottlemyre catch-up piece, uh, but a few weeks ago, I think back in the normal times, so mm. it is hard to remember. Uh, but back when things were were you know the olden days when you know we'd, we'd just talk about the dumbest things on the internet. But oh, not, we're that. not quite there. Not quite there. I, I just, I think that I, I, your point, uh, Zoobs, that you made earlier was a good one, which is like, I think in some ways that only picking the best and most memorable games is like counter, runs counteractive to to what we actually look for in baseball mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, where like baseball is, is we like to go and like, I like to go and, and especially when the team's not good or great, or even if it is, if it's not a super high, you know, the high tension packed you know jam-packed environments those things are cool but also like having a game where like you're sitting in the sun a little bit and maybe you're having a drink and you're just kind of chatting with with whoever you're with and you're watching the game you're just kind of taking it in uh that's also awesome and also easily underrated and you kind of you know and and it's i think there's this this remembrance and this guy remembering is uh shows that you could just kind of you, you you get latched on to guys even if they're not good Right, mm-hmm. they're just kind of there, and you can like one thing, one game, one moment, one aesthetic thing, where it's just like, yeah, yeah like here I am, like I stand Lyle Overbay, I, I'll go to the mat for Lyle Overbay of all people, but I'm like, I I liked watching him play, and that's it. Like it's not more complicated than that. He wasn't the best player, wasn't the worst, wasn't like super. Yeah, he, he had a cool mustache sometimes. <laughs> I don't know, but like, is is in its in its way, isn't like the what we joked about was like spinning a wheel and just like pulling a game out of out of the vault at random. 
that's to me there could be equal value in that in, i think in this yeah. guy remembering economy <laughs> I, I think i think another part of it is like we're 30 days into this and we've already had the entire raptors run air and now we're running mm-hmm. all of the world series game we're going to be on lockdown for a long time like you're going to have to get to the point where there's only so many games of consequence before you're running repeats i think another good idea that someone uh sort of t- tagged along on my thought was, you know, there are people like me, I'm I'm 34 years old. I didn't see the 85 team. None of it. I saw zero games from 85 because I was born mm-hmm. that year. I didn't see George Bell ever play. I didn't see Lloyd Mosby. I didn't see Jesse Barfield. Not, like, not, really, de- not really a dedicated fan then, are you? No, absolutely <laughs> like New not. Jack. Yeah. New Jack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know, there's value in in I think in, in baseball especially. Maybe basketball's a little different because the Raptors run was so galvanizing and so hype. It's just like I don't want baseball on right now because I want to be crazy invested in every pitch. I want baseball on because I love having baseball on when I'm in my living room. Like I, I just I just need mm-hmm. the background noise that isn't me looking out the window and thinking about how doomed I am for the next year and a half. <laughs> like anything but my own thoughts. Holy jeez. Uh. <laughs> well, it, it's also funny. I, I feel like maybe baseball, because there's so many players and there's so many games, it might be a little bit different because there was one of those, you got to pick three sort of things that somebody did. And it was like really middling former Raptors. And it was there was like a Joey Graham and Sonny Weems and guys like that. And I was like, every single one of, the, of those guys I spent months talking myself into. Like, he's going to be the answer. And you have like, oh, Joey Graham played two good quarters against the, 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 the Grizzlies one week. And you're like, that's him. That's the real guy. And and baseball is a little bit different than that, right? Baseball is just kind of like again, it's, it's just sort of it, it doesn't rush past you, but it's almost like surrounds and envelops you, and you're just like, and now I'm in baseball season, and it's nice, and the windows are you know the doors are open, and it's on the radio, or you're, it's on TV, and you're in, and you're out, whatever it might be, and uh, or you fall asleep on the couch after you know when you're watching the game, you wake up and you're like, oh, it's the ninth inning, something crazy is happening, or you wake up and it's like you're watching the Mariners play the the Houston or whatever in the middle of the night. Uh, and that's all great. But that's I don't know. There's, there's. I, I get. I get. I agree. I get where you're coming from. But also, you know, there are only so many guys to remember. Then we're going to have to st- start to forget. Yes. Yeah, well, you know what? It turns out there's a lot of guys to remember. First, of all, <laughs> to, de- to defend my position, as I feel I have like four more. Remember some guys' pieces that are like already submitted. <laughs> I think it's important to remember guys. Uh, but what I'm actually mad about. And the reason I'm interjecting is, oh, Joey Graham. I just I thought he would be so good. Like, just a frustrating player. I thought Jay Triano was going to unlock him for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, like, any of those those guys, like, kind of big, sort of skilled or quasi-skilled wings. Like, oh, he's a slasher. He can get to the hoop. That's what we need. And then just like, oh, no, he's a shooter. He's a shooter. Quasi-skilled. That's what we need. <laughs> well, quasi- <laughs> you know what I mean. What was the? Uh, we were talking well, about. Well, he friend. couldn't catch a pass or, you know, do anything. So I feel that quasi skilled is actually apt. True. Yeah. yeah. Fred Jones. Line it. But then there are guys that, uh, like, I didn't even recognize. I, I'm like, I know who that is. Of course, his name. I can't absolutely remember. <laughs> but then it's like, oh, yeah, that's Lennis Claza, who, again, talk myself into that oh he gets buckets that guy for sure for sure he's a key piece but if you put him on the outside you got you throw the ball into the post into bargnani buckets buckets everywhere <laughs> yeah on both ends buckets everywhere well you can't it's you, like you, how you we it's got, like how we all convinced ourselves uh Jin ryu is gonna be good <laughs> why <laughs> have you seen the have you seen the baseball reference is doing like a simulated stat so if you go to anybody like currently playing if you go to their mm-hmm. uh their baseball reference page at the top the for in spring training it would be like oh here are their spring training strats like a little you know mm-hmm. bar above uh they're doing a simulated season jays aren't doing so great oh no yeah ryu, ryu a bust well you know you can't unring, <laughs> you can't unring that bell so might as well just cancel the whole season in that case i guess that's it right yeah but but then there's always the those moments, right? Like where again, it's the same sort of thing where the team's bad, but there are th- there are you could pluck 
positivity out of it. And it reminds me of something that might be fun to go back to, which would be like the Brett Laurie run when mm. like everything seemed possible, right? The Brett Laurie run, Brett Laurie like came up and was just like, just he like he's he's he was it was so that was such a perfect storm. I, I really think, and I think it, you, know, you, you can tell considering how many Brett Laurie jerseys you probably still see around the ballpark. The, the red passport, ones. He had the, the right passport is the thing. Well, and he was an animal, right? He was obviously like there was something about him. He was just like this bundle of energy. But then like he was so good too in that whatever 40 that 40 game of 2011 Brett Laurie was like that 13 game stretch from Andrea Bargnani that like no one will ever be able to let go of. <laughs> and then it was like when I used to do that Raptors podcast with Joe Kishar and those guys would be like, "Yeah, but if you could do that for a whole season." It was like, "Oh, it's <laughs> a 13 game run every time." It was like for it, it kept getting further and further in the rear view, but it was like, "Ah, he really, he really played really well then, and that was that was that Laurie when it was like, oh my god, he can hit for power. He's playing the hell out of third base. What a freak! But I'd go back and watch a Brett Laurie game. Right. What else are you doing? Nothing. Or or an Andrea Bargnani game, frankly. <laughs> Andrea Bargnani giving the Nick the Nets buckets in February or something. Like that. <laughs> the pump fake and the one step. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, actually, I saw something. Ricky Romero posted uh, it, today's, like the, I guess it was the 11th anniversary of his uh, first big league game. <laughs> and he put a clip on his IGTV. I don't know where he got it, but he's got this like longer clip of his first big league game. And there's Jose Bautista play, playing the hell out of third base. Third base, yeah. Third base. Made a great like diving stop. Fire, got up, fired it over to first base. It's awesome. H- Jose, I believe, is our, our previous guest. <laughs> Referred to him. <laughs> <laughs> What a jam! So, uh, speaking of Jose Bautista, this this is the, this is actually not un, unlike what it's usually, which is that Jose Bautista shows up on Marcus Stroman's uh, Instagram, pitching off of Marcus Stroman's artificial mound, and then it becomes content, where it's like Jose Bautista wants to be a reliever, and Stroman's standing behind him, not in a socially distant way. I feel so uh, like, <laughs> and, and there's Bautista pitching. He looks he looks. He looks as good as anybody in shorts in a Florida driveway pitching. <laughs> but did you, yeah, did he release the TrackMan data? Like what? Uh... He's, he's got it hung in a on his one on his basketball net and one on a palm tree. <laughs> he's just getting the spin rate. But uh, it's it's great content though. Let me tell you, Strowman had the thing set up on his deck or his dock. Sorry, like down into the whatever the lake. I don't know where he lives, but that um, looks cool. I feel bad for this college kid that like catches all his bullpens. He's like, man, this kid's gonna get coronavirus. He's just like dragging him in and out and all into his backyard. It's wild. So not Florida, but Arizona has been the topic of much conversation as the potential solution to a baseball season, abridged or shortened as it may be. But there's a chance that they could. There's been a lot of talk, or there was a. Jeff uh, Jeff Passan of of uh, ESPN kind of floated out there that they've been they've had discussions about playing the whole season in Arizona. Lots of games at Chase Field, lots of games at the many spring training complexes around there. No fans. Uh, what do you think? Yay? Nay? Completely absurd. It's just completely. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> completely. You know, <laughs> um, if there's one thing I do have faith in, it's that. Um, the billionaires in charge will try to find a way to continue making billions of dollars. And uh, obviously the players want to get paid too. And obviously the TV deal is what drives almost the entire league. But uh, mm-hmm. I just, it just, there's so like, it's, it's a good idea until you think about a second thing or a third thing or a fourth thing mm-hmm. as to like why it's not a good idea. And it sort of all falls apart. Like if, any of these a thousand things that can go wrong, go wrong. And the whole thing falls apart. It's a nice thing to like, if you need a reason to get out of bed and you're too depressed, uh, maybe, but <laughs> boy, oh boy, I, I had, I also reserve the right before we go any further. I reserve the right to speak out of both sides of my mouth on this, to be like, Oh, what a travesty and, and what an embarrassment. And also uh, watch every game that happens because I have nothing else going on. So I'm going to need it. Uh, what our delusional friend Zeus doesn't really understand is that the virus gets destroyed in the heat of the desert. Oh, you yeah. can't get it in the desert. 
That's why nobody and, in Arizona uh, has it. Right? President and President Trump. <laughs> President Trump was talking about this drug. You could take this. You take this elixir, and uh, it will leave you. It will leave you unable to get the virus. So I don't see why, with those two layers of of immunity, why we couldn't do this. More and more people are saying uh, it. You hear it more and more. <laughs> elixir is such a. Such a beautiful word choice there. I cannot commend you highly enough. It was Thank just, you. that's absolutely perfect. So I will say that I don't think it's a bad idea to spitball, to think like, like let's get fucking wild here. Like, let's sure. do something crazy. Let's play in a hermetically sealed dome with no fans and only this. And and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well they won't be sitting in the dugout. We'll sit them in the stands. So they're sitting six feet apart. But... <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, like sometimes it takes crazy, right? Sometimes an idea that I can't even get through without laughing, but it's like, what the hell? Why not? But then, you're, like, like Zub said, then then reality sets in, and there are just so many moving parts. So I do applaud them for trying, for saying, and and maybe it's not May, maybe it's August that they tr- that this that this happens, and maybe it's not a full season and, and full of double headers and stuff like that because that's insane. But like. Or maybe it's in November when they do folly, whatever it might be. But I do applaud them for trying. And I think that uh, working out the logistics of, of any of these uh, scenarios is important so that when one does become viable, they can kind of blow through the red tape that because they've already sort of like set up, done that pre-work being like, okay, what do you guys think? We're going to be doing two, you know, we'll be doing seven inning double headers to get the number of games in. Yay, nay. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. What about this? We'll be playing games at eight in the morning because we're trying to, going to try to get four games into the Dome Stadium. Are you guys okay with that? Is the union good? Yeah, bang, bang, bang. So then when there is a scenario when like in whenever, however long, when, the, when we can like more realistically think about this, maybe then they can do it. Or maybe when it's all across the whole country or sections of the country, whatever, once the the fall happens, then we have, you know, when there's walls and, and fortresses set up around the different places in the Midwest. But I think it's important to get those things aside. But it's just so tragic that that it, it, it does serve to get our hopes up and, and maybe to appease an audience of one by being like, yeah, yeah, we got a plan together, boss. Don't worry, we'll, we'll be ready to go. But uh, it does just seem so far-fetched and so improbable. And there's so many moving parts and so many unanswered questions and so many uh, threats to public health represented by it. And the number of people and and and, and umps and, and players and whoever else, it's just, it's not feasible. But I, I do applaud them for doing something and, and maybe finding a way to make not this plan, but the next plan work. Well, you know what? The thing is, I think it would be viable if not for Carol Baskin. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, there's no search engine optimization in a podcast, right? Like just by throwing that in there, we're not going to soak up extra traffic. Uh, have we talked about this? Have we talked about how I, I'm not, I, I refuse, right? There's no way that I'm getting, I'm going to do that. It didn't I do anything refuse. for me. I'm, it didn't do anything for me. I, uh, the, the like gawk at freaks wore off on me really quick and i was like all right yeah well but uh you know i give them credit for finding a bunch of bad shit meth heads who own tigers <laughs> like I don't, what else can you say about it um, i mean yeah the impossible dream really i mean like when <laughs> when the the gold rush happened it was it was very similar i feel like you're just like oh my goodness what yeah uh no it it was okay I hope someone. I, I did. I Zoobs, I felt similar to you at, at, in that. I, I, I kind of got wrapped up to, in it in a couple for a couple episodes, and then was like, you know what? I'm not sure I care for this. Yeah, you're just gawking at freaks. Uh, and 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 it was kind of like, uh, uh, it was a letdown. I think at the end, anyway. Even if I wanted freak the freak show, I think it was a letdown. I think it was a letdown for. In, in innumerable ways, and I think those people should be ashamed of themselves for providing me that entertainment. If I uh, let me just say uh, to go back to the Arizona <laughs> idea, to go back to the baseball for a second. If I've learned anything from my time, and- wait. So Carol, where, wait. Carol Baskin <laughs> killed her husband in Arizona. No, this 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 does sort of tangentially relate. Um, mm-hmm. If I've learned anything from from as I I'll, I'll bring up wrestling again, if I've learned anything from Vince McMahon is that if you want to not miss a beat, if you want to have not had your business 
upset at all, not miss a show, not miss an event. Mm-hmm. You just got to put the president in the Hall of Fame of your sport, and you won't miss a goddamn thing. Like, Trump's a WWE Hall of Famer. WrestleMania happened. Raw has happened. <laughs> they haven't missed anything. Dana White screwed up. He went to the he went to the press conference, but you got to let the president beat you up on television at the most important day of your sports uh, event, and then boom, you can just do shows. It doesn't matter that there's a law in your state prohibiting that. You just do it. It, it doesn't matter if if Arizona if hmm. if if Major League Baseball had let Donald Trump win the World Series one of these years, they'd be playing baseball right now. It's a fact. I'm not gonna lie to you, Zoobs. There were a few seconds where your audio cut out for me, and I think they were critical because when it came back, you were just saying the most complete nonsense I've ever heard in my entire life. It's it's a real shame that the think piece economy has collapsed because I think that there's like a tiger, tiger king human zoo par- parable like with like actually it's not the tigers that are the that are the the, the prisoners it's those the freaks the the human freak show thing but uh i can't get into it from my own quasi moral stance i'm like that's so those <laughs> animals man they like that's not conservation that's not well, just because the horses are got... the, the horses knew first so <laughs> just at all time we we <laughs> anyway uh yeah. you, you had a good point <laughs> Like there used to be a, a joke like uh, online, like this is sports, like on Deadspin and stuff. They would be like, "No, this is sports. We can talk about that." So in the in without baseball, and in the short of Tiger King, there's what are we looking for for sports? And I gotta say, uh, I've been watching that Sunderland till I die on Netflix, and it is wild. It is such a it is so well done that I wish that there was a documentary camera crew with full access like that shooting something that's like kind of unvarnished but also like as well, uh, blue jays till i die absolutely <laughs> yeah i would wa- i would watch any of them i would watch as any no team. no i watched some i watched some of it too it's great suddenly till i die is amazing i would watch about any team playing any sport so you know it's and i don't know i've never really watched hard knocks but i'm sure it's kind of similar but also like i can't see the well a the the potential for like free fall despair is just not there in the nfl like there are just so by watching Sunderland go from like, oh, we were in the premiership, but all of a sudden to be like, bing, we're in League One, uh, heart wrenching at times, and and you because the everything about it has just been so well done. I would I would watch any of them, but I I can't see any of that ever happening over here, especially with the team. Well, because plays. sports will never happen. That's right. Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess this is again we're a week we're a month into this thing right where there's nothing happening and we're trying to. Like kind of find everyone's trying to find a bit of a lane, and it and I think that that might be another thing that's driving some of these Arizona like conversations is that is that sports is 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 so like it's arbitrary, like it's just as it's just as easy like when you like I'm sure you guys may have come to a point in your life where you're like oh I don't have like time or ban like quote unquote emotional bandwidth for like the NFL. So I don't like have a team and I just, you just stop watching it and you're like, oh, this is how it's like, I don't know why I ever bothered with this. And that's a threat as it, as sports kind of fade into the background and people are just sort of find other things to do. I don't know. So maybe that's that other than all, you know, the money that's been promised and all like the livelihoods and things like that. Is there a chance that we could get to that? Or are people going to be like rushing in, into stadiums when they, when they finally throw open the doors and, most people have a clean bill of health and they're like, let's do this. Or we is it going to come back stronger than ever? Or is this going to change things uh, long-term? I wonder. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's an interesting point. Um, you know, I think TV deals are going to remain to be the driving force on a lot of this stuff, but yeah, the decision until there's a vaccine, until we know for sure, the idea of going into a stadium with 50,000 other people that you don't know, uh, seems a little crazy right now because going into Loblaws seems a little crazy right now. So going into the Rogers Center uh, to to see a game that may or may not be good with a bunch of people you'll never see again is is risky. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it falls out. I think there's a lot of stuff. Um, obviously, it's all on the unknown, but there's a lot of things we don't know as, as to how we're going to be different after this. Um, it's it's definitely a question worth asking. I, I think I think TV deals are going to remain very important. I mean, I think 
the the Raptors game seven against the Sixers did like almost unbelievable ratings. Uh, obviously, the second time around, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the second time, the third and fourth time, and the rest of the games haven't been good enough to get a press release. But um, mm-hmm. you know, God, I would I would watch. Uh, Mariners Marlins right now so joyfully <laughs> like I can't even tell you I think there's people you know it would be foolish to say that we represent the majority of people but people that desperately miss sports are still going to be desperately missing sports a year from now I, that's not going to go away for people who are already for lack of a better term pot committed to caring about sports more than anything else um, but live attendance is going to be really interesting to see because it makes sense to not want to do it. I can't fault somebody for not wanting to go to a Jays game uh, until there's a vaccine. That That's logical, downright. I think there also is a bit of a darker side to, the, to this kind of thought experiment we're playing out, which is that goodness knows what kind of position many people are going to be in, health or or financial or otherwise, up the other side of this, that maybe sports isn't going to fill the role for them that it may have filled in the in the past be, because of uh, of circumstance, and and you know in the in you know baseball is is the one thing that we're talking about here, and baseball has like persevered through all kinds of crazy wild shit, and there was a lot of talk about um, who like it might have been FDR or whatever who was like yeah keep playing games like whatever through the Spanish flu. Or the influenza outbreak of 1918, or in, in and around there, and then in through the 30s and stuff like they just kept chugging along. But uh, I, I can't help but wonder if the the those two kind of combining factors might really change a to your point, uh, the live experience of sports, but also you know when when these these zone bills or whatever keep coming up, 15 bucks a month and things like that, if people start uh, just just reconsidering it and and uh, what what are the things that they value. Um, I hope I hope that sports are going to be that because it does all the things that were true about sports six months ago are still true now and it will still be true six months from now about the the way that it allows people to come together and 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 I think we've seen so much of this you know these kind of Zoom parties and all this sort of stuff is 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 powerful and I hope I think it might be I don't know I think it's it works it's better than nothing so if we can add that sort of like really second nature element of talking to your screen and talking to people in that way if we can add this like kind of collective second screen experience to something like sports that are being broadcast in front of no fans I wonder if if that might be like a nice healthy outlet for people when when uh when we're kind of out of the woods on this uh, uh, Dr. Andrew Zuber, we thank you so much for being on Birds All Day. Hey, my fiance is crazy informed. She's been, she's been, she's been talking to doctors and health practitioners and people all over the industry uh, as I play Stardew Valley for sixty-five hours over the course of three weeks. <laughs> all right, I want to bring this back. I want to bring it back to reality for a second again. As we, as we, as I just said, like. You know, sports has an important role uh, of, of connecting people and providing, I don't know, emotional outlet is the right way. But one of the big things, I think, uh, it's something we sort of talked about as we talked about crummy teams or, or the background noise. But it's also like there's this emotion, I don't know, emotional connection that we make. And it relates, reminds me of this thing that The Athletic is doing, which is like the um, your favorite player, where different people are writing about who's their favorite player or why they were their, their favorite player. Lindsay Adler, who covers the Yankees wrote about her relationship with Tim Lincecum or like her, you know, fan relationship with Tim Lincecum, which, you know, given her job now is something sort of in the past, but it was really well done and really powerful and really interesting. So I think because we have the Zoobs on, there's no better time or place to have this conversation for us. So, uh, Mr. Zuber, I would love for you to go forward and give the answer that everyone knows you're going to give, but, but the, 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 the reasoning behind it, I think is, is really good. It's a good, uh, a good story. So please tell us, as if we don't know, who's your favorite player of all time? <laughs> um, favorite player? It's got to be Travis Snyder. He, he's mm-hmm. he's always sort of served as a, a touchstone guy as to um, where I am in my life. I just think the the time that he came along, uh, which would have, he got drafted in two thousand six. Uh, I was I was twenty one and I was still in college, and um, 
we sort of came of age and, and found our way into our careers at the same time, both struggled at the same time, bounced around <laughs> um, problems with confidence. And, and I'm able to like sort of trace parts of my life to, to where he is in his life. And, and it, it goes all the way up to um, when he came back to Toronto for the first time as a member of the Orioles, writing about that experience and going to see him. Um, my future fiance, the first time we spoke was she messaged me to say that, uh, she enjoyed the piece and, and, and she slid into the DMS to say, uh, she thought it was, it was a nice article, which was like really touching because she, an actual journalist had actually interviewed him that day and was talking about how he's a really interesting subject. Um, I think sort of, as you alluded to that ability to see parts of yourself, in in a player can go a long way and and he came along at a really interesting time right he, he was he was on that first wave of of you know sometime around 2008 the internet and and baseball fans we, we got twitter and we, we got blogs really took off and um prospects who mm-hmm. you know for years before we didn't really know who they were and and suddenly having a top prospect became as important as having a good team and and he was somebody that we could follow we could watch him on YouTube hitting home runs in Double A, and he had a Twitter account, and he was doing interviews about nachos, and he just seemed like a really genuine guy. And you know, there have been pieces uh, when he was in uh, Pittsburgh. There was a guy who him and his son were really connected to Travis Snyder, and he's always been known to be very generous with his time and and things of that nature. And and it went all the way down to you know him playing three years ago for the Long Island Ducks. And and following the Long Island Ducks and just wanting wanting to see him, you know, you sort of give up on the dream that he's never going to be obviously the the forty home run, one hundred and twenty RBI MVP candidate that we were told he might be. But he's found a way to enjoy what his life has been. You know, when he fills out his taxes, he still fills out baseball player as his profession. And I think there's a lesson and there's a morality to that in you know, coming to terms with with what you have and and being happy with what you've accomplished, even if it maybe wasn't the peak that you thought it would be. I, I think there's a real beauty in that and a real lesson in that. And he's always seemed somebody that was, you know, it, it's easy to, to look at, I'll use Mike Trout as the example, is obviously Mike Trout is one of the best players we've ever seen. And in and, and this generation, he's unparalleled. But because of that, it also seems like for me, he's really hard to relate to because he's an undercover cop who just happens to be unbelievably good at baseball. Mm-hmm. And I've never had that ease with anything in my life. And I think that that constant struggle and, and self-doubt um, really related to me and, and being told when you're 21 that you have a ton of promise and then suddenly being 35 and being like, do I even have a career um, is really <laughs> relatable for me and for a lot of people. And, and yes. I, I think – there's a lot of stuff um, to take away from that. And and the fact that he's still out there grinding, he had a great year last year for the Reno Aces. You know, find somebody who loves you the way Travis Snyder loves hitting in the PCL. Uh, I think <laughs> I think there's a beauty to that. And um, we'll always be connected. Uh, and and especially, you know, after shortly after he made his debut, I became uh, a professional in sports media. And whether intentionally or not, you just sort of don't get those same connections when you're covering those people for a job. So he and Russell Martin, to a less degree, sort of represent the last vestiges of guys that I consider able to call a favorite player. Like, I love Ronald Acuna Jr. now, mm-hmm. but I'm never going to – he's never going to be the same as as the guys that were around my age and were breaking in when I was still in college and were – you know, I got to see be touted as young guys when I was young and are now playing out the string as I, you know, stared down not having any hair and <laughs> taking this next <laughs> step in my life. So that that's just a long-winded way to say, you know, I loved a lot of the things he represented and, and the, the interviews about nachos and, and meats don't clash. He always seemed like a real person who just happened to play baseball. And uh, that meant a lot to me and it still does. I think you made it. You've made a lot of great points, obviously, and thank you for sharing that, that touching uh, personal reflection. But uh, you're right about like guys like Mike Trout and these guys that are, especially now when baseball feels like way more. Well, it's it's 
it takes a certain kind of uh, caliber and echelon of like person and income and and means to become that. And these guys end up becoming in a lot of ways unknowable. I think to that on the other side of that point is that right now we're seeing players kind of show themselves more. They're streaming on Twitch and they're trying to connect to fans in a different way. But but and so maybe there are there are younger kids who don't or who are people who are coming up and being like, yeah, I love watching Blake Snell play whatever, play War, Call of Duty uh uh, Warzone, or whatever it's called, and and they get into that and they connect with him on that. But like you're right about the unknowability of of some of these guys, and I think that that was you know a lot of that is often our own thing too. And I think Lindsay Adler's piece on Tim Linscombe really touched on that about how because Tim Linscombe like looked weird and was like not didn't fit the mold and had really funky mechanics and looked like a skater bro who was like scumbagging around all the time, mostly because Tim Linscombe was kind of was kind of that, but also like of baseball playing freak version of him um it makes it has that different kind of appeal um stoughton your relationship with the team has always has been different for a long time as it's been you've been writing about it and and managed to keep yourself at a at a at a distance that um other than when you're running the team as the president and general manager but uh <laughs> what what do you think like what, do you, what what is there a guy that you that you would say immediately like this is my favorite player is it you know I don't know. What what do you think? What do you have do you have feelings? I think that's the big question everyone wants to know. Do you have feelings? <laughs> yeah, no, not really is the answer. No, just <laughs> yeah. uh, team ghoul. Uh yeah. no, I had I I I mean I talked about this with my editor and we you know it was it, we have many uh series of pieces that are going on right now that uh that are not mandatory but like you can kind of pick and choose which uh, uh which speaks to you and this one for me was kind of like I don't know. You know, I uh it, it would have it would have seemed insincere to me to try to pretend that I have feelings, right? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I chose not to. Uh, I, I, you know, what Zoom says makes a lot of sense. You know, uh, Jose Bautista is a guy who you know, kind of similar arc for me that was one that I thought about, which but is very easy to, uh, you know, to to or something that a lot of people I think would share. He's you know, as a he's he's only a few weeks older than me. Or younger than me, whichever it is. I think we're both, you know, uh, same month, same year. Uh, and to have him come up and do the things he did, I did, which I didn't appreciate at first. Obviously, if uh, you you all probably remember the DJF days of being like, this, what are they doing signing this guy to this contract? Mm-hmm. Uh, they should be training him. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, I went there. I went with. I I toyed with other guys in other sports. Uh, uh, and just ultimately chose not to not to write about why I hate the Leafs because they never play Alan Bester or a, <laughs> a, a, you know a, just a, a navel gazing soccer piece that nobody really wants to read from me. Mm-hmm. So it's it's funny because it I feel like that and what brought us to this topic, you know the the sort of different types of emotional like you could say when I when you were a kid or when I was a kid and it was like Jesse Barfield or like Tony Fernandez, which you know we talked about Tony Fernandez on a. When, when he passed recently but like a lot of that stuff's more like a puppy love sort of thing like you don't know any better you're a little kid and just like he's real good i like him or there's maybe there are like stylistic things that they that they do or offer that we latch on to and then jose bautista is is i think uh you know it would be i think you're absolutely right that that a lot of people it changed their mind obviously with his prominence and and through the through the kind of late glory years and obviously the bat flip and just sort of like more serving as like a conduit to emotions, which I think a lot of times sports do, especially when you get a little bit older, where it's like, I don't have a healthy outlet for my emotions. Guess what I like? The Steelers. Like it's just <laughs> where where we sort of park these things and these feelings. And then Jose Bautista becomes like the place where my emotions can live because I can't, you know, tell them to my partner or children. That would be weird. Or friends. But but uh so so I think that you know Bautista kind of serves for that for a lot of people, and it just you just associate him with good memories and fun stuff, and like that incredibly memorable event that everybody is like a I remember where I was or who I was with, and just it's just that powerful sort of cathar- not almost catharsis or just big public outcrying. Um, I so I struggle with this as well because I'm like who would who would my favorite player be? I have lots of favorite players, you know, guys that I stump for or guys that I like because they were weird or unusual but also still good and I keep I come was coming back to like you know it's easy to, to kind of concoct a narrative be like oh I love you know like Ricky Romero because he persevered and and was like kind of didn't come from a lot of these baseball factory you know means that a lot of these other guys did and but then I started thinking about like a guy like Brandon Morrow I always find just like really drawn to because he's just 
interesting on his own in his own way. So this is this is maybe more of a cop out answer. It's not as like doesn't have the same kind of emotional heft as maybe some of them. But I think that like Brandon Morrow always seemed kind of starstruck, or, uh, like sorry, snake bitten. I think is the word I'm looking for. Not the opposite of starstruck. Uh, kind of snake bitten, like he, like he would, he would pitch so well, and then like one weird thing would happen in the late in the out, outing, and he would kind of go sideways for him, and he had a great year, but it was only like more of a paper great year because yeah, he struck out like a million guys, and and you know didn't didn't do this and didn't do that, but also like, uh, you know, it's not like one he didn't get like Cy Young votes or anything, anything to that effect. So, but also you know he's uh, playing in the big leagues as a as a as a diabetic is a big thing, and then all these wild injuries, and he keeps coming back, and then he gets paid, and then he gets hurt, and then he gets paid, and then he gets hurt. I don't know. I and I and he's just a, was always a really interesting person to like talk to and observe from afar. He's definitely not like your typical baseball player guy. Went to Cal, which is like no mean feat, and kind of a bit more of like a just a just an interesting, cool guy, and is just one of those guys that. You know, the, we were getting back to the 2008, 2010, 2012, or 13, or 11, whatever. Those sort of dark days. But, like, there's just so many interesting guys and guys that you feel yourself rooting for um, until they're, all their careers are over. It's like almost all those guys are gone now, right? Like, gone from baseball, which is such a dark and weird thing to think about. I don't know. <laughs> like, who's left, right? Who's left? Who's left and who's still thriving from those those teams? Not a lot. Not a lot of people. No, and I think... To Stoughton's point, I think there are a lot of people that that relate to Batista for that sort of reason of, you know, we all have had times when we were doubted and we were doubted and we were doubted and then you prove yourself and it's like, you know what? Fuck you. Like, <laughs> you weren't there. You weren't there when, when I was down and, and now that I'm hitting all these home runs and now that I'm in the playoffs, you're not allowed to suddenly be with me. You had your shot and you missed it. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people relate to as well, but... Uh, Drew, you also make a good point that a lot of that is is sort of casting aspersions on these guys that are just playing baseball. They're just trying to make their money and and, and do what they do for a living. But um, I think there's a lot to that, and I think that there are a lot of people that that would agree that that he is somebody that they are able to take lessons away from. And I think that's ultimately what a lot of these discussions are about: is what lesson are you taking away? from sort of the greater arc of of what this person's career meant to you and that so we talked a bit about Sunderland till I die earlier that's the one thing that like is so hard to take is when you see the fans who are in especially in that scenario are so emotionally invested like it's it's not it's not like a healthy relationship with the with the soccer the football club but they get they like they have this feeling of like the players they don't try and they don't care and it's just like I don't think that that's true, right? That it's like it's difficult to imagine players playing at the highest level, or or not even the highest level, just to step step down from the highest level, where that highest level is so reachable and so so attainable that a few breaks your way could go, and the next thing you know, you're making this much money, you're doing this and playing that that much level. I mean, it's just um, it's hard. It's a it's a weird expectation that I think that we end up foisting on these guys who were just like, eh, this is my job. You know what I mean? Like I love, like you said, Travis Sider seems to love baseball, but he, at the same time, you know, he's been playing as a, as a professional since he was 18, even in his, I'm sure his high school experience was like baseball player first and everything else, student, regular dude, second and third. So it's a, it, it would be, it's hard to change those gears, right. To go back and be like, I'm going to live the civilian life now where I don't know what, what is Travis Snyder going to do if he's not playing baseball? It's tough. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, I, I do one thing I wanted to say before we go, and it reminds me and, and about just how different our relationship with the game is before we sign off, which is prospects. How we all got fixated on or understanding prospects and kind of keeping our eye on things and being like, oh, not just this guy had a high batting average in AAA. I don't care that he's thirty-one and has been in seven different really uh, you know organizations. He seems good. Maybe they can bring him up, which was like the very the most the most depth of relationship I would have had with prospects before. But I was I've mentioned before that I went to see Alex. Rios's first baseball game in the big leagues which is to say I was there and then all of a sudden they were like hey this guy it's his first game ever in the big leagues and I was like who the fuck is Alex Rios he was the number six prospect in in, uh, by baseball America coming into the 2004 season I had no clue never even heard of him in my entire life I'm just like oh there's a new kid playing right field that's cool and I got a Carlos Delgado bobblehead 
And Alfredo Griffin played for, was the first base coach. So we gave my friend and I gave him a, like a weird two person standing ovation. That was it. Those are my entire memory. <laughs> wasn't like the Vlad game or Chris Bryant or any one of these top prospects come up. I was like, Oh, there's some kid playing right field. Awesome. Whatever. The guy who was out there before was probably just shit anyway. So that's just uh, how far this has all come and how just profoundly deep in the weeds we've all, we all ended up. So, but I think that's it. I think we've, we've, we've made something into nothing. Or nothing into something, or one one of the other. <laughs> we steered uh, into the skid. That was the key. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, Zoobs, tell the people where they can find Sportsfeld and when and where they can hear it. Uh, Sportsfeld every Wednesday. Uh, we are back doing new episodes on Wednesdays. Fridays is when the uh, the look back story time things come out uh, for Patreon subscribers. If you want to get in on that, we are doing uh, Raptors, Sixers. The Vince Carter miss after graduation day. That's our next uh, look back game. Some, some Remembering some guys from the 2000 Raptors. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. But uh, new episodes Wednesday and we are in the process of, of maybe doing some uh, some live streaming stuff on Twitch. Keep posted on that on the Sportsfeld Twitter account. Other than that, uh, not a whole lot going on. Just just trying to stay uh, stay sane looking out the window. Well, good luck with that. I wish you the best. Uh, it's it's weird. It's a weird time for for everyone, and and uh, I know you live you live in a building, and that's like that an extra level of like tension. I feel like an extra level of of stress if you're not feeling this whole vibe of the <laughs> coronavirus. Like that, uh, yeah. That's that's only it only adds to stuff. So awesome. Hope everybody checks that out. Um, you may have noticed I haven't been doing any Twitch streams recently, and that's because I screwed up my computer. Uh, try, <laughs> trying to Im- improve the Twitch experience, I have made it unusable for me to stream the games as I have been. Uh, so I'm going to see if I can either make it work with the new operating system that I'm running on my uh, six-year-old MacBook Air, or if I can take take uh, let Jesus take the wheel and go back and revert back <laughs> to my old OS, which will probably end up with a brick that used to be like a $3,000 computer. So I do not envy that. <laughs> uh, but other than that, you can follow us all on Twitter. Don't I don't know why you want to like I'm in I'm in I'm in a weird place. I'm tweeting about Brooke Henderson today. Like I don't even know what I'm thinking about. So that's it. Uh Stoughton, people can keep a look out for your guy remembrances and uh and just continuing to, as you mentioned, or as you said, I think find cool ways and, and interesting angles to kind of tell stories in this time when uh we're all in like suspended animation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hopefully they're, they're interesting angles and stuff. And I've got some stuff in the works that uh, is not uh, guy remembering uh, related. So uh, personally, looking a little bit forward to that. Yes. I, I look forward to a time we don't have to remember guys. We can look forward to guys. Maybe we'll do that next time. We'll talk, you know, Caitlin did that and did some kind of forward projection, yeah, which is great. more like uh, wish casting, which is my, one of my favorite things to do. Just be like, well, they're all going to be competing for MVP. They'll be stealing votes from each other and they'll let Wander Franco win one by accident. So that's uh, we can, everyone can look forward to that. All right. So for Andrew Stoughton, for Andrew Zuber, my name. This is <laughs> my name is Drew Fairservice. No Andrew, just Drew. That's all it is. Right on my birth certificate, Drew. So there's no Andrew. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day. <laughs>